welcome to the Church Safety Guys broadcast with hosts James McGarvey, Paul Buckner, and Mike Scully. Together, they make up the Church Safety Guys. Their mission, to inspire, influence, and impact church safety teams. Join us for the next hour as we talk about all things church safety and security. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, join one of our church safety and security communities online, and share this broadcast with your church. Good evening and welcome to the Sunday night broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. I am James and I am joined tonight by my partner in crime, Mike. <laughs> Howdy, James. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Good. I, I heat everything up tonight and uh, there's an ice cream truck that's driving through my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like trying to, I, I, we don't have Paul here tonight. Paul took the night off because he's, he's not feeling good. And so normally I'm thinking in my mind, he's not here. I'm going to keep a straight face. And then the ice cream truck drives by my house. <laughs> so, but uh, if you, if you've just joined us, thanks for watching tonight. Uh, if you joined us at a later time, Feel free to like and share uh, our content. And then uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or one of the podcast channels, feel free to, to click like and subscribe and uh, definitely share this with your team. And uh, for all of our resources available to church safety and security teams, you can visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com. And um, we wanted to, to chat for a bit about uh, the, the up and coming conference that we have and then we'll bring our, our guest in tonight. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, personality traits again and just how it impacts uh, your safety and security team and how you can navigate those hopefully a little bit a little bit easier um, after tonight's conversation. So but as far as the uh, the conference, uh, it is October 2nd Church Security Essentials Conference and it's in Columbus, Ohio. And we do still have some tickets left. We are um, coming up on the July 15th deadline, uh, which if you if you purchase a ticket before then, um, you actually receive a free copy of, of one of our books. And we have had quite a few churches reach out to us and ask us about purchasing group tickets and tickets for, you know, for their entire team and um, it, it was interesting. We, we had one church ask us today what the level of um, depth, I guess, the, the conference was intended to be. And so I thought, you know what, that's a good, that's a good point to, to bring up and talk about um, sure. because there's a lot of stuff out there that's kind of on the edge. It's kind of, you know, I don't want to say fluff, but it's like, hey, you should have a safety team and that's it. <laughs> right, right. There's so much, I mean, even the name of it, I think we, we, we chose essentials for a reason as kind of saying, hey, here's some common skills and things that everybody on the team needs. And frankly, right. even people outside the team is what we try to appeal to. So sure. while these are critical skills for a safety team, they're beneficial to members of other teams because let's face it, uh, just because you're on the safety team doesn't mean that the, the problem's going to start in front of you. Um, it, it might start somewhere else in your church. And so equipping uh, others in your church with the ability to uh, start or initially respond is also helpful. So we're, we're, we're seeing topics that are both uh, immediate and necessary 
and often not talk. Um, we didn't want to just do another conference of let's let's talk about multiple sessions of active shooter. Well, yes, it's a risk. Yes, it's a problem. Yes, we train for it. Um, but we don't need to sit through that many sessions that say the same thing. Well, and that's that's an excellent point. Like we we started talking about the um, the idea of doing a conference. We kind of looked at you know we wanted to keep it simple. We wanted to, to have just a one day, very easy um, easy thing, focused topic, focused atmosphere. Give us the opportunity to to really engage and talk with folks and um i i look at it as it's it's really a mind body spirit you know engaging conference and from that standpoint in that sake um you know i i've i've mentioned to several people that i think a hospitality team an usher um children's ministry anyone that can anyone that that interacts with people in your church would benefit from this and so uh from that standpoint you know it's not we only have a day right we only have like six hours (laughs) so unfortunately um you know we can't get into as as many scenarios and and that sort of thing um as we as we would like but realistically um the the content is extremely solid it's extremely well thought out um the folks that we have joining us are um are known nationally for uh for their content and for speaking so really it's a it's an awesome value um many of those individuals have uh, have really donated their time to come and join us so it's it's not you know the the expense we tried to get it to a price point where it was it was very reasonable for eight hours for for everything that we're going to cover and um you know we're going to have vendors there and and folks from um from insurance companies attorneys um you know first aid companies uh security companies all across the the board just the whole gamut of folks that we'll be able to offer help and assistance and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. But I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, I think it's going to be a great, uh, I think it's going to be a great event. And, uh, you know, we have folks listening from, I think, Texas, North Carolina, Michigan, um, a church from Kentucky contacted me today. So folks are for already coming. So, um, don't wait on on getting your ticket because tickets are very limited, and um, we, we intentionally for the sake of being able to interact with people better. And yep. um, you know we've because that's really who we are. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> that's I mean that's that's kind of who we are. I mean what what you see is what you get. Um, so for those that we've not met in person that you see us each and every week, this is this is who we are. So we wanted a conference that we could have conversations with people and not just, you know, let's let's have a, a line of people and 10-second uh, conversations that you never remember. And it's, it's, For sure. it's a matter of actually connecting with people, and that's important because we talk all the time about the importance of connecting with our teams and actually sure. engaging. So we wanted an environment and a timetable 
and an opportunity as far as size and volume of people that would enable us to be able to truly engage. For sure. And I mean, we've had, we've had national speakers before at conferences and we've had, you know, over 400 folks at a conference. So when, in fact, one of the reasons that, that we tailored this one the way we did was because of that, because um, I had churches, I had individuals come up to me from different churches and they were like, Hey, can I just pick your brain a little bit? Can I ask you a little bit, you know, can I ask you a few questions? And I was like, okay, sure. And then literally that individual had like 120 seconds with me. And then I was being pulled in six different directions. And so, you know, and other churches were coming up. And so it was, it was a great conference, but um, that's not what this is. Like, we don't want people to get lost in the crowd. We want to get to meet people and get to know folks that come up and, um, and that come out for it. And um, we're, we're trying to make an impact and that's that impact is with you. It's not at you. Um, it's, we're all learning this together and we're all trying to do the best we can together. So you said a good word there learning. I think that's the intention behind essentials is we wanted the sessions to be something where you can walk away learning something, not just a whole lot of different people kind of saying, perhaps much of the same thing a slightly different way. We wanted actual hard-hitting topics that are urgent that we're all experiencing and your teams are experiencing, your churches are experiencing. So these are things that are important that are not necessarily getting perhaps as much attention as the active shooter, as I mentioned earlier. Um, But we need to make sure that we're covering these things with our teams, that we're exposing our teams to these things so that they can better be prepared when it does come to their their church yeah absolutely and the other the other piece with that is that you know one of the main ideas for having this conference really is to give people an opportunity to get re-engaged and one thing that we're seeing across across the u.s as churches open back up from covid is we're seeing concerns with mental health. We're seeing concerns with the escalation. Um, in fact, I was just talking to someone today about how it seems like there's so many more road rage incidents today because people are on edge in a powder keg. And those are the things that we need to focus on to, to get the church open and get it back in the community and, and running well. And so from that standpoint, um, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to do with the conference. Like you said, we wanted to make it so that, you know, someone could come, they could get the, like Paul, I'm going to quote Paul. So don't, don't shoot me, <laughs> but meat and potatoes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's solid content. And, and even if you've heard stuff a hundred times, guess what? Um, I've heard, uh, you know, one of our keynote speakers is, is John Leo O'Reilly, a, a great friend of ours and a great guy. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard some of his content probably five or six times. And, and every time I hear it, I learn something new and I've, I pick up a different, uh, gold nugget from, from him sharing. And so that's what we want for you guys. We want to create an environment and atmosphere where, um, it's solid. It's it's helpful to learning. You can benefit from it, and um, and I think you will. So, 
Um, it's a day of gold nuggets. I yes. mean, it, it essentially is what it was designed to be is take, if you want to take whatever you would call your top 10 pieces, for those that have been watching our, our, our broadcast for a long time, uh, first off, thank you for staying around. But uh, beyond that is that if you took the top 10 of whatever you've learned, we try to focus on the heavy hitting things, the things that are super urgent and important. And I, like I said, like we said, boil them down into a single day so that you can get a lot of intensity in a short period of time on topics that really matter. Absolutely. So visit our website, churchsafetyguys.com. Uh, there's a link in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, it says 2021 uh, Church Security Conference. You can click on that and get more information and then uh, see a list of the speakers, the topics, um, and uh, sponsors, and then purchase tickets through directly through those uh, those links on that page. So like I mentioned before, um, until July 15th, if you register and, and purchase your ticket before July 15th, you will actually get a free copy of one of our books. And then, um, and I think every, most of our, most of the tickets that we've sold and sold are for the VIP package, which uh, includes a meet and greet and a few other cool things. Um, so that's very, very limited. But if you have the opportunity to uh, check that out, you want to, you want to try and get your tickets now before, um, before that closes. So, um, and as always, if you have any questions about that, feel free to message one of us or, or, uh, email us through the website and we'll try and help you out as much as we can with that, uh, with that process. So, all right. Anything else you want to add before we jump to our, our esteemed guest for this evening? No, I think it's good. It's, uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to, uh, being in person together and, and hanging out and helping some folks, meeting a lot of the folks that watch the show and uh, putting faces to the names and, and all the different avatars and things like that of people chatting in. Um, it's nice to meet people. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it is in like what you said, or, you know, we're, we're who we are. It doesn't, I mean, if, if anything, I think we've, we've learned that, um, being in three different locations across the U.S. and working with each other every Sunday, that yeah, this is it. Like we get along yep. in person just as well as we get along on video. Um, I think that's a providential thing, personally. <laughs> but, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But anyhow, so for tonight, we're going to talk about personalities, and I can't think of a better person uh, to join us again. Uh, he was with us about almost, I think it was nine or 10 months ago, Jason Hevner, and uh, he's going to join us again here tonight. And uh, hey, Jason, Hello. thanks for coming and hanging sure with us. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, sir. Sounds pretty exciting about that conference there coming up. Yeah. Well, we're we're uh, it's the first one, right? So that we're yep. doing. So we're kind of hoping that uh, that it goes well, but it's sure will. Looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so it's been a while. What what, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I will mention. I did want to mention that that uh, last year, and I can't remember if I I told you this or not, Jason. But last year, when we ran the stats on. Um, our episodes, what we found was that the episode where you came on and you were talking about personality traits and, and um, some of the Meyer, Meyer Briggs stuff, 
it was actually one of our most watched episodes last year. Oh, and so out. I don't, yeah. I don't want to give you a big head or anything because yeah. I'm, you're, you're well, like Paul, Paul so I Paul's gotta be nice. On, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see how Rach without Paul on here. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, at the same time, what you know, what with that kind of, um, I think in a in a way that kind of led Mike and I down the road of of. Um, putting together the ministry life cycle and and you certainly yeah. you know you helped with the forward on on that book and we're, we're kind of involved with that as well and um i think the reality when it comes down to it is that churches and teams are specifically church safety and security teams are really looking for ways to to engage and connect with their folks over multi-generational teams and and folks volunteering and sometimes it gets really frustrating because we're expecting you know an individual to fit into a certain skill set a certain personality and um, like we were talking about earlier tonight in in a lot of the smaller churches you don't always have the luxury of saying this person is just good for this task a lot of times it's this person needs to do every task three or four hats he's got to wear three or four right. hats yeah. <laughs> right so why don't uh why don't we start with we'll we'll jump in with with what you've been up to for the last last few months and then kind of go into that that topic okay well it's uh thanks again for having me on and um you know when you first sent me sent me that text i thought oh boy you know how, how have i been thinking about personality and things things like that um, after I got off of that meeting, I actually spent about two hours or so with Paul, and we've, we've <laughs> actually developed quite a friendship after that, so I, I, I see him quite often. Um, but one of the things over the last 10 months, I really started to pour my mind into wisdom, the idea in Proverbs that says, wisdom is the principal thing. That's what Proverbs uh, says for one of the first few chapters, and uh, knowledge ought to be pursued also. So I spent a lot of time looking at that, and then I kind of started getting a handle, not not on wisdom itself, but just on the concept of what wisdom is, how to look for it. Mm-hmm. And then I see this whole thing about without faith, it's impossible to please God. So then I'm like, well, now wait a minute. Walking by faith and, and, and wisdom seem to be these two different things. So I've been working on uh, seeing how we only have so much wisdom, uh, but God we need to walk by faith. And if you're 90, you got to walk by faith. If you're nine, you got to walk by faith. But uh, anyway, so why am I talking about wisdom? Because well, in personality, some people prefer to look at the, the values when they're making judgments on wisdom. And other people prefer to look at the logic. It's easier for them. And um, so I was pursuing that. And then as I did that, my wife and I, uh, I really tried to restructure our family so that I'm kind of more of a team leader. Um, in the family it used to be kind of Kathy had her domain and I had my domain and it works kind of smoothly but um, just felt led to be more of a leader on, on both at home and work and all that so as I've done that I found myself using personality all the time to try to communicate well and effectively with my with my, my team my family <laughs> and uh, I find that we do lack certain functions quite significantly throughout the whole spectrum and so I thought, well, we can talk to you about like how to a- allocate assets to, the, to our weaknesses. 
and really try to do well with our strengths and not and not allocate kind of use our use our strengths so that's what i've been kind of pursuing over the last uh 10 10 months i've also worked a little bit just just a little bit on the idea of developing some sort of curriculum for homeschoolers but like like just a few pages into like uh 36 lesson plans um to kind of uh show what wisdom and knowledge is and then show how people are processing that in their in their individual personalities so a bunch of different things cool curriculum writing that sounds fun mm. <laughs> yeah i just well I, well I honestly i'd love in a sense to go be tutored by somebody on this but in, in a sense mbti they don't have the fear of the lord they've got a lot of wisdom and sure. a lot of things to learn but you really have to go back to the bible as to okay we see these patterns in people, but what does God say about it? So I really have to, I don't see a lot of people pursuing that. So that made me think maybe I should do something like that. So, Well, and one of the things I, I mentioned it to you, to you earlier, um, before the, before the broadcast, but, um, Mike and I, for, for our listeners sake, we're working on the next book in the, the, um, ministry label series, which is engage. And, mm -hmm one of the things that I had kind of been thinking about was, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you, how do you take, you know, application and logic? How do you go from, um, knowing you have a, a, a team to getting the team to do the right thing? Well, part of, part of that, that book that we're working on with engage is it kind of covers that topic and it answers that. But what's interesting is, what I've started learning from all of it is if you don't have, um, if you don't have volunteer positions, if you don't have positions labeled for jobs, if you don't have um, a sense of organization, a sense of, a sense of purpose, which ties into your your mission and your vision, right? So if 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 people understand the the vision, then that motivates them that engages them well if you have an if you have a designated position then when you're talking to people when you're trying to p build a team and figure out what's missing it kind of goes back to what you said earlier jason about your family you know you're you're noticing in your family that there's a missing piece to logic and to assembling that and right. having you know def a defensive understandable component in, in applying it to the team setting, what we're finding, what Mike and I are finding is that if you haven't done that analysis, if you haven't looked at the spiritual gifts of, of the individuals on your team, if you haven't looked at their personality, then, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because what happens is you're, you're taking an individual that might not be best suited for that task and you're just saying, hey, you got to do this now before i before i get hate mail <laughs> i'm going to say that I, I trust me when i say i and i know i i know mike and paul both 100% agree with me but trust me when i say that you know we we talk to churches all the time we've been there where you only have 3 people in in a church of 100 or 150 where it's like guess what you don't have the luxury of always getting to pick and choose who volunteers. So the key then is, okay, if I have this size church and I have this number of people that are serving in this capacity, how can I better understand 
what they're like to motivate them to accomplish everything that I need to accomplish. And sometimes, well, a lot of times that's easier said than done. But when we start to understand the aspects of um, someone's personality better and their spiritual gifts and where that all connects, um, I mentioned earlier to to Jason offline, it's kind of like I, I think about it as like a car in gears, right? So if if you are connecting, then those gears are interlocking and you're you're moving along. That moves the car. But if you can't connect, if you're just trying to do whatever, a lot of times what happens is those gears don't mesh right. They jam up, they break, bad things happen. Yeah. Uh, and from that standpoint, then you're kind of left at a at a particular point where, um, you know, you're just not successful. And and I think. Um, and I'll throw this over to, to Mike to have you weigh in on it. But I think, honestly, much of the concerns that we have today that we receive, like the church safety guys, like we'll get a call from a, a church pastor and, and they'll say, hey, what um, my my culture, my team's culture is falling apart or, or the culture is not good or or culture related concerns yeah. go back to that because if we're not considering and looking at the ideology behind why people are doing what they're doing, then at the end of the day, it's not going to be a successful team. And the culture is going to reflect that it's, it's going to be a very poor culture. It's going to be a situation where no one gets along. No one really enjoys what they're doing. They're not motivated. They're not engaged. Mm -hmm. And that's, cause more headaches and more challenges than actually just spending the time. So sad right, to see. Yeah. Right. To, to yeah. be able to say, look, okay, I'm going to do my due diligence and, you know, set this up for success ahead of time by saying, here's my positions, here's personality, here's spiritual gifts, and then move forward. So, um, Mike, what do you, I see, I know you're writing down and you're, you're thinking, I, I can see the smoke well, on I, the camera. <laughs> <laughs> always prepare ahead of time, but I'm always, I, I like to, I go back and circle in, in different things and try to tie things together. I, some of this where, where I've seen it is the personalities and how that all works with your team. And you really got three different points of connecting. Um, you got the newbie who has just been either voluntold that they're going to be on your team okay or they're stepping up and eagerly joining your team perhaps so that that one's there so you got the process where you know we probably all have some sort of orientation they're going to give them some material to read to just kind of orient okay and that's very generic it's very here's who we are here's the role here's some of the details james perhaps mentioned but then we got to take it a step further and i think we often go straight into an onboarding, if you will. And that onboarding is immersion into usually tasks. The problem is what we need to do is kind of break those two apart and come into the middle of that. And I really believe that we need to engage and encourage. And that's the time where we're really kind of having a conversation, understanding, all right, who is the person? What mm -hmm. skills do they bring to the table? What's their story? What's their background? What understand what tool you are now adding to your toolkit before you start under, trying to put them into use um, in a certain area. I think that's a, that's a big piece. So they're all different tools that we have to be able to deploy and use 
correctly at different points in our church. We have members of our team that we're just we're not going to necessarily um, put in certain positions. Okay, and that's not necessarily mean that they don't belong on the team. It just means that we're either playing to someone's strong suits or we're understanding weaknesses or we're understanding that says, hey, this person will be better yoked or better suited to work in this area. And oftentimes that is uh, personality and skill driven for that matter. And then I think finally the third is looking at how do we truly understand the person on our team to maximize value. Okay, I mentioned tool before. Oftentimes, if, you, if we're working in around our house, you can have many tools in your toolkit. And sometimes you don't have exactly the right tool. Well, sometimes there's other tools that can get the job done, even if it's not perfect. Right. Or you can kind of hack through it and get it, get it to kind of work, I guess, if you will, even if it's not the perfectly designed tool. Yeah. Sometimes our teams are tasked with having to make do with the tool that's not set for the job with the budget that's not adequate for the church, with a team size that's not suitable for the number and volume of services and things and events that you have to cover. Mm-hmm. All of those things happen. But I think the key is, is if we, we can work smarter with those individuals and extract more value out of them because we, under, we get to understand them yeah, and we communicate more effectively with them because we don't try to use them for the wrong thing. Yeah. I think that's excellent, right? As you say, tools, I think about different functions of the mind, like what functions they're using. You know, for the higher functioning, the higher functions in the mind are, are, I I say, have less energy. It takes less energy to use them, and we Mm -hmm. we have excess. But those lower functions that really take a lot of work to get to, if that function is required, so from a tool standpoint, if that function is required all the time, it can be exhausting for the person to try to maintain that. So... Yeah, they can get it done a few times, but you got to kind of. So I, I, I completely agree with you. And in the as your in your second point, you got the newbie, and then you got the next person. How you said that, and you, it needs to be split apart a little bit. Well, um, it, the newbie kind of having a, a stage. The newbie, the the average person, kind of within your team, who's who's kind of been there for a while, and then the person who you're trying to just extract more value out yeah. of are the really the three. So that middle that middle fella or lady, whoever's there, uh, really having a no, a no guilt, They're like try this position on, see if it fits. You know, like, like I we really want to know genuinely if this is a good match. So, so if you say, you know, we need you in this position, that would be great if you fill this position, but we need to know, can you do, can you do this in the long haul? If you can't, I'd rather know now. And then we still may put you in this position, but you give, sure. we're giving, we're going to give you a little extra grace because it's hard for you. Um, but at least be honest and, and rather than saying, yeah, I'll do it. But then people are thinking, well, they've always done it that way. Well, we're trying to get you out of that position eventually. And maybe another brother or sister will come in and fill that need. But for the meantime, mm-hmm. you're serving us. You're giving us a little extra. And that's always great to, to, to be in the clear on that rather than just assuming the person is doing fine because they're not complaining. You know? Sure. I, I think it's interesting. And, I mean, Jason, you, you kind of, when we started walking through the process, um, I kind of picked your brain a little bit, but we, um, most of, most of our folks listening know that I'm, our church is involved in a church plant and we're, we're oh, kind yeah. of moving ahead with, um, with that. And this really from spring to summer, every Wednesday night we go in a class and the families that, um, 
have been uh, helping with that sit in the class and we've been talking about mission and vision and engage funny topics, right? Engagement, (laughs) Um, spiritual gifts. And it was funny because we were talking about the importance of things to us, right? Because where we're important, where we feel there's value, where we, we feel that things are important. That's, that's where our focus is going to be. And it was interesting because the, of the families that were there, they said, like we went around the room and we said, if you could pick two things based on your spiritual gifts, because we did a spiritual gifts analysis and a personality analysis and kind of overlapped it. Like we spent Mm -hmm. a night doing that. But we said, look, if you could pick one area, what would your top preference be to serve? Right. Mm -hmm. And so they went around the room and I'm, I'm not joking probably of the 10 family units that were there every single there was at least one individual in every single unit family unit that said safety and security like that's where i would serve in that capacity and so that was really eye-opening to me because i said okay so what does that tell you we have we have a very strong um headstrong potentially headstrong group of individuals that are looking to do this that are solid in personality but maybe they don't you know maybe they aren't as quick to work well with others or maybe their personality is so strong that that would be an opportunity to work you know with another family or that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. what's interesting is it hasn't been it hasn't been established that i'm in charge of that Okay. of that church because my my family is just there to help and and we're just putting our input in and we're trying to be part of the process and everything but nobody has come out and said look you're going to be in charge of it because you know you've had the experience and you've done this before and i've i've tried to stay away from that because i want to see how everything comes together and i want to see if others step in without me jumping in and being like, Oh, 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 pick me. Right, pick me. Right. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah. But I, hear you. I think it's, I, I, I think it was very, to me, it was very eye opening again to what you guys are saying. If you don't, and I, I want to circle back around to, to something I mentioned earlier to just reemphasize it real quick. And then we probably need to take a, a quick break looking at the time. But if you don't, have some some level of organization and i know um it can be a challenge to learn somebody's personality type it can be a challenge to learn somebody's spiritual gift but the reality is to what uh to what mike said earlier if you don't spend the time and and establish that foundation what you're going to find is that you're really chasing your tail and you're not going to be as effective moving forward and trying to get things done. And so, you know, you will invest and waste investing time into that because you will be walking around saying, well, why isn't my team working? I need to try and figure out why this isn't working when there's so many underlying we things. see that we see that in marriages, we see it in families, we see it in corporations, we see it all the time. Is <laughs> yeah. they don't understand each other, the thing just so much energy gets put into trying to fix a problem that's you. you get, it's like the um, the byproducts, not the not the core. They're trying to fix the symptoms, not not right. the core. For sure, and that's I mean, to me, that's why. And I, I mean, I can tell you, 
and and I think I've I might have actually written this in the last twenty four hours once <laughs> going in the new book, but you know I've been I've been an HR manager. You know, I can walk with somebody. I can I can interview somebody on the fly. I can have a casual conversation and know in five minutes, you know, what that person is, you know, have a really good idea what their personality is, their background, if they would fit or not, if they're a team player. I can do all of that. But you know what? Sometimes and and this is this was an opportunity for me, sometimes it's better to stop and slow down and look at it from an a very analytical perspective because I'm less than analytical in my my personalities uh, personality yeah. and um, you know spending the time to slow down and actually do that is more beneficial in the long run because ultimately if I'm not looking at everything and forcing myself to look at everything then again I'm just going to be wasting a lot of time when something happens you know you can you can randomly throw a team together and, and have great results for the first, like for the honeymoon period. Right. 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 Just like, I mean, comparing it to comparing it to marriage, like you said, Jason. So I don't know. I just, my, my mindset and, and you know, this is, this is stuff where we say we're always learning and we're always pushing forward and trying to understand new things to me. And I know if Paul was here, he would say the exact same thing. But to me, talking about this and even applying it to church safety and security is, I mean, this isn't something I would have thought of two years ago, you know, or, yeah. or three years yeah. ago. I would have tried to fix those symptoms and figure it out. And now I'm like, well, wait a second. That's not how, you know, that's not how you fix a problem. You know, we had a church, we had a church reach out to us and they were having concerns because they were trying to um, encourage their safety team to have um, to purchase new shirts. And those shirts were supposed to be, I think, green in color to match the hospitality team. And they wanted all of their safety team to, to wear green shirts. And the pastor of the church reached out to me, this was some time ago, and he said, I don't understand why they're dragging their feet with this color thing. It's not that important. It's not a deal breaker, but I have people that are saying, I'm going to walk away from this ministry because of, I don't like the color green. And, you know, when I started talking to him, I'm like, it's, it's not the color. Like, think about this as a broader, a broader spectrum. It's the, the, the shirts are the symptom. So how can you go past that to understand their personality, to not be abrasive, to say, you know, let's try this, let's do something different. And, um, this, this line of thinking to apply and, and I, that's why I love your focus on it, Jason, because I think for a long time in Christian circles, we've looked at it as it was almost like a secular thing. Like you're, you're assessing someone's personality. Well, that's not godly. That's not a biblical thing. That's, you know, that's something over here when in truth, if we are using wisdom and knowledge, if we are researching and applying biblical principles, then that should be a natural step to understand that God has created all of us uniquely, right? For his purpose and for a purpose that brings glory to him. So from that standpoint, you know, we have to be more understanding to realize that everyone's different, everyone's unique, and everyone really has a place 
but sometimes as leaders we have to work a little bit harder to get that person in the right place to do things well uh, versus just do things good so and this is not easy i mean in other words this is not easy this is i mean you sit there there's probably 17 other problems okay that could come onto my plate leading a team that i'd rather deal with okay honestly and and there's there's stuff that we've been through there's things we've experienced that are easier for us because we know we can work through or process through those in a much more confined way, something that that's in our wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah. These are things that stretch us. And that's the point uh, that James kind of brought up is that this is a goal is to stretch you as a leader and stretch you as a team member to work with your leader, work with your pastor, work with your spouse, uh, all the different things. This is, mm-hmm. this is not easy. And this is one of those things that our Semper Disciplina always training this is something you got to always circle back to. So while we've had you on nine months ago and not, we're not just waiting to have it be a year or more, that's how important this is, yeah. is that revisiting it and understanding the importance and digging in and really saying, okay, it's not just a matter of understanding the need or understanding that there are different personalities. It's actually understanding that you have yourself have to inject yourself into it and take the time to get to know your team members. I do have an illustration maybe after the break I could talk to you about and uh, <laughs> regarding that specific thing in our family. So, yeah. Sure. Perfect. All right. So we'll, we'll take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. I know it's late, but we'll, we'll circle back around. So stay with okay. us and we'll be right back with you guys. is a nonprofit organization dedicated to help inspire, influence, and impact church safety and security teams. We are about all things church safety and security, which starts with a ministry mindset and a servant's heart. We're protectors, guardians, ambassadors, and shepherds. We help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over the United States through our broadcasts, online communities, conferences, trainings, resources, and products. Help us reach more churches in impactful ways by considering becoming a monthly ministry partner. $2, $5, $20 a month will help us continue to provide these resources. 
All right, welcome back to the Sunday night broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. If you're joining us at a later time, uh, please click the like and subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Like our broadcast, share it with your team. Uh, that helps us out quite a bit. And uh, tonight we're talking about team uh, personalities and interactions. And uh, we have Jason Hevner with Wisdom and Knowledge with us. Again, he graciously decided to to come back for more punishment. Although <laughs> Paul usually meters that out. Paul's not with us tonight because he's under the weather. So definitely keep him in your prayers. He's had a crazy week. Um, so I want to jump back in, Jason. You said illustration that you wanted to share with everybody so i'll i'll leave you to it <laughs> all right we were just talking uh, well mike was talking about how you can't just be in our minds we've got to really dig into this and, and really like own it the relationship part uh in our family we've had we've been starting to have a checklist and a, and a huddle so we have, in the mornings we have a huddle how's the day gonna go you know we've got this long checklist of what we would like to get done i'm an enfp i'm not much of a checklist guy i kind of want to go as i go but uh if you have a team, you kind of need to be on the same page, right? You can't just be a man to yourself. So if I'm leading anyway, we had one day recently in the last couple of weeks where had all these things we got to do, but our relationships stunk. Like, Oh my goodness. There's this bickering and all these things. And so we ended up talking far. The meeting went far, far longer than, it, than we would anybody wanted it to. But, uh, we, and we look at this, the list, and it was, it was, it was not getting done. So it had 30, 40 things on it. But, but the, kind of the point I wanted to make out, and to, and to Mike's point, once we had the unity that we needed, everybody could give 110, 120%. We ended that day, got everything checked off, and had unity at the end. Versus, well, the meeting is over. Let's do our checklist. We'll figure this out another time problems tend to metastasize like when you can get when you can get to the heart of it and you know kind of how to speak to each person uh this can all be done with a little disclaimer we, this can all be done strictly with the bible without without understanding personality this is just a, a, a really really useful tool in the tool house but we're, if we're humble with one another if we if we have the, the different fruits of the spirit it works out when you can speak somebody's language though, it's just another asset. And so when you make these teams work well, they can give more than they realize. And in that unity, almost like when, when you have two horses pulling together, they give more than than just the equivalent of two horses. That I think there's an illustration out there too, but we just saw the evidence of it in our family when we really made sure the relationships were good. It's almost like the green shirt church, right? <laughs> the green shirt church. Yeah. Uh, once that relationship is good, even if you feel like you're wasting time, in the end, if you've got the energy and everybody's returned back to uh, to, to, to what's godly thinking, godly living, you've got way more to give than you realize. So it's worth the time to understand people, be patient with people, even For if you sure. think, like, I'm wasting all this time. In the long run, it'll help you. And it's interesting. We, have a, we had a couple of questions or a couple of comments. One of them is, you with everyone so busy in life it's tough to get them to come to training and uh one of our folks up in michigan asked that uh, honestly there's not a there's not a, a black and white answer for that because um i you know we we just did a training ourselves kevin and um you know we had mandatory you know with 
capital letters sent out to everybody you have to show up for this and we still we had folks that couldn't and it, 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 to an extent i try not to get frustrated by that because if you start getting frustrated over folks not showing um for training and considering it a priority as much as you that will wear it down too i do think i honestly i've never researched it but i i would almost bet money on there being a connecting point to someone um someone considering it a priority based on their personality and that's kind of a broad statement um that i don't have any any data to back it up but thinking out loud everything else is connected to why someone chooses to do something is connected to their personality type so yeah. it would be kind of silly for me not to assume that you know it would actually be an interesting study to run through the people that don't show up to training and see if they're all the same personality versus the ones that do i, I could maybe just speak a little to that in that sure if the uh if this if the leader of the team is a value dominant person who's talking about relationships and, and this and a logic dominant person that wants to understand the facts what actually works you have to mm-hmm. be careful to spend the right amount allocate time in the meeting for, for different for parts that aren't interesting to you and if, and if you allocate the time for what interest to you you may have a breakdown in the desire for the whole team to be there because the, 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 we talk about pet peeves or the things that we see as important that could be a challenge and to really understand who in the group if they're not showing up maybe it's because they don't see the value of it because you're only talking about values or because you're only talking logic you don't care about the values you know it depends on it's a, and that's that's an awesome point too because that's a that's a gold nugget right there honestly because think about it with um, an individual on a team will do something for two reasons one because it motivates them and two because it motivates them so what what do i mean by that so if i do something if say i'm i'm on a team say mike is on my team and he's helping me he's going to do things because uh, it helps me or it's he's going to be motivated and he's going to do things because it helps him there's there's those only two things so his bank of saying you know what i'm going to help james and i'm going to do this because james is interacting with me we're friends i like him i like his point i like what he's doing is less or actually more limited rather let's see if i can say this right more limited than why he does things for himself when he does things for himself he's focused on the benefits fulfilling his needs mentally, spiritually, emotionally, etc., based on his personality and his family and what's a priority to him. So if those those things don't inter you know intersect with that, it's very easy to understand or or perhaps see how Mike would be like, look, I'm doing this because this fills my need for personal fulfillment to serve in my church to do this because it's most close to my values, what I like, et cetera, et cetera. But at some point in time, being the leader, he is actually my, you know, his motivation or tank of motivation. I I like to think of it as, as like a, you know, we talk about the love languages, Gary Chapman. So I've got to, I've got to look at it and figure out what can I do as a leader 
to personally impact and give to Mike to boost his value of what I'm asking him to do. And you know what? That goes all across the board. I mean, we've had, we've had team members that were in the hospital. I've gone and visited them. Um, no one's asked me to do that. I've gone to visit them because I care about them and they respond to that, that care because that again, fills their love bank of saying, look, this is a motivation to me because I know he's sincere, he's authentic, and he really cares about the situation. So there's not, there's not an easy, there's not an easy way to, to walk through it, but at the same time, um, we have to start understanding that if we're not looking at it like that, if and, and this is different. Um, and again, when I said earlier, when I said um, breaking before the break, I mentioned the assessment and somebody else posted on that. Um, both Jason and I, and, and I don't, I haven't known uh, Mike as long as I've known Jason, but both of us grew up, really kind of grew up in a church where if it wasn't a certain pattern, it was considered secular. It was brought to our attention and he's smiling because I'm not going down this rabbit hole, but <clears throat> thankfully both of our families, I think have been solid. Our parents have, are awesome, you know, very biblical, very sound doctrinally individuals that kind of navigated and saw us through a lot of that. Um, but my point is at one point, a lot of churches still look at this as like a secular idea and they don't want to consider it because even though first Timothy and several other passages, first Timothy five, I think it is too. It talks about character of deacons and leaders and, and elders within the church. It's just, it's always been kind of this taboo thing. Like, okay, we don't want to go down that trail. But understanding it and embracing it to the point of being able to say, look, there's two motivations. There's two reasons why someone does something. It's because they want to do it for me or it's because they want to do it for themselves. So at that particular juncture, now there's a lot of variables in there. It's not as black and white as it seems because you have generational differences. You have personality differences. You have spiritual gifts differences. But at the end of the day, if you're not at least looking at the whole picture to say, look, okay, why, what's the motivation? Why is someone doing this? It's going to be pretty rocky. I'd be curious if they're not attending, are they disappointed? And they're saying, I can't believe I missed it. Oh, are they disappointed? Or are they like, oh, I schedule conflicts. I'm glad I got out of it. You know, so sometimes if you can read the person, uh, they're not attending is it something that they really desire to but can't or is it because they actually got the excuse of they got the excuse of a uh, conflict sure or they or they haven't been equipped for what they're being asked to do properly and as a result they want to avoid it so it may not it may not just be the unwilling or the happily getting out of it it may be they're unable and they need equipping so Um, so they're kind of staying away because they're ill-equipped Correct. And rather than calling out attention to the fact that they feel underprepared because that makes them look bad, sure. they may not be assertive in that sense to, to call that out. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back to the, I know we're running short on time here, circle back on one of the things about, about training, but we're also talking about you need time for training, you need time to engage your team, you need time to uh, make sure that you're, you're doing everything else you need to get done, uh, especially on a Sunday morning. So 
let's break it down very simply. I'm, I'm calling it a six-minute Sunday, okay? And here's what it is. Six minutes, carve it out of your schedule with your teams uh, on Sunday mornings. Two minutes, engage. That is, hey, hi, shoot the shoot it, basically, and kind of say, hey, welcome, and um, what what's going on with you? Or, hey, I heard, heard you were sick uh, last week. How's that going? Or, hey, you got a new baby at home. How's that going? You know, truly engage with them and it make the first two minutes not about anything that's going on on Sunday morning. Make it about the members of your team. Then do a minute of prayer and pray together as a team because there's nothing better you can do than start and ground yourself that way. We do it every Sunday before we come on as a broadcast. It's what we just do to get started. Um, go into one minute of devotion. Focus on something beyond just the prayer of the day. You know, and we have many devotions available that if you want to go there, or you can, any number of devotionals that are out there. But just, you know, focus on something. And then finally, after you've gotten all the business out of the way, if you will, you've engaged your team, you've prayed, and you've, and you've gone through a devotional, now spend two minutes focusing on some sort of refresher topic, some sort of urgent thing that you need to communicate effectively to your team. Now, if you need more than that, then add, add to that six minutes and plan for it accordingly and tell everybody to show up 15 minutes earlier. But in six minutes, I think you can get most people to focus for six minutes. And if you're, if you're starting at least that way, you're going to draw them into the most important thing that you can do is engaging and praying with them. And then if they're listening through the training piece, they're more likely to be receptive and have that register. For sure. And it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not easy uh, for sure. Um, we've, we've gone that other extreme where we've coached, you know, we've had to, to coach folks because we're fellowshipping too much <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, and that sounds funny, but at the same time, it's like, I haven't seen this guy for, you know, two weeks or three weeks. So guess what? You know, I'm talking and it's like, okay you know what, we got to keep the main, main thing, the main thing sometimes and understand and realize that, you know, safety and security is one of those ministries where you don't always have the luxury of, you know, not being attentive when you, you know, when you're serving. Exactly. Um, so it's, and that, uh, that six minute Sunday, of course, is the INTJ and me. <laughs> <laughs> it works <laughs> for sure. For sure, but it's it's definitely it's an interesting um, interesting thing. I'll we're we're just about uh, just about up with time. But Jason, did you want to add anything as we wrap up here? No, I just appreciate you having me on. It was a great great chat. That's good. All right. Well, thanks again for for coming on. I'll uh, I'll pull you off here, and then we'll we'll wrap up with you here in just a second. So sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, again, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. I, it's, it's always a great topic and, you know, a lot of times it's, to me, it's, it's a, a thought logic process. It pushes me <laughs> thinking you're trying to think logical and, and trying to think through, you know, how, how can I challenge the status quo of doing things? And, you know, the, the six minute suggestion is is pretty solid. I mean, we, we do something very similar to that to say, you know what, let's, let's try and move through, stay focused and, um, you know, accomplish, accomplish what we need to. So, 
it's a lot in a short period of time and i think it, it it's so easy to get caught off guard but i think yeah. it's also very easy to say no let's dedicate six minutes and let's focus and get through these things and then if you want to circle back or do other things after then great and if you have more time great um and and you two minutes is not going to be enough to truly engage your team the point is is this is for people that aren't engaging at all this right. is for folks who aren't praying at all on sunday mornings with their team or don't ever open a devotional so it, it's it's just a simple plan and, and a simple mechanism by which to kind of say you know what we can set a timer okay and you can even assign a timekeeper and find somebody whose personality on your timekeeper is is administrative okay mm -hmm. and give them that role of timekeeper during that and you're going to basically be feeding their motivation okay their right. personality and their abilities uh, of being an administrative person while you're still accomplishing the six minute sunday and you're getting information out there you're engaging your team and most importantly you're praying well and the the interesting thing with this and, and you you hit on a gold nugget that i want to i want to go back to and for just a second and then we can wrap up and that's that you know f for those of you thinking that this is just a, a sunday thing <laughs> nope. it's not it can't be you know it can't be a situation where you're just spending time you're just engaging with someone on a sunday because there's no way that you can completely be involved with that person and and support them and be in and commit to their lives and be involved in their lives just doing it on sunday and that might be one of the more you know, we always say safety and security, you know, they're the first to, to get there, the last to leave. They invest a lot of time. And honestly, that might be one of the other challenges with, with that ministry in general is that it just requires a lot of time because mm -hmm. if you, you know, and again, even, even if you were, are only training and practicing like with active shooter drills and stuff like that, if you're not training, if you're not doing things with those individuals, how are you going to trust them? Like if you, if you can't engage with them and motivate them and you understand, you, you don't understand what makes them tick as a leader, how are you going to cohesively respond to, to a situation? And I'm just, I'm throwing this out, out there. There, there are individuals that I've trained with that, um, you know, that aren't on my team that I know would have my back in a situation like that, regardless of training with them. But if you have a question mark, whether, you know, your team would respond to something well, um, keep in mind that, you know, you have to, you have to invest time with that person outside of a two hour window on one day a week where you don't, you might not even get to really know that person. You know, I love the fact a few few weeks ago now, I love the fact that, um, you know, I, I got the chance to go up to, to Grand Rapids in, in that area in Michigan and work with the team up there um, and hang out with them because, you know, whether you're training or doing something fun, there's, there's things that you can do together as a team that, you know, that strengthens that and, and brings you to, to get to know each other better and to be engaged with others. Um, and it doesn't have to be a crazy complicated type thing. So, well, and it's interesting because I mean the the architects, the mediators, the defenders in all of us, and the personalities that many of us 
probably bring to the table in the world of church safety. Many of us are more on the introvert side. And yeah. that means that sort of engagement, that sort of conversation, that sort of really digging deep and getting to know somebody is not, it does not come easy for us. So this is wading into territory that is going to be tiring even for some of us as leaders to do that activity. And so it's all the more important that we do it though, but I understand why it's easy for us to gravitate away from doing that. Because again, it's not easy. It, it makes us tired. It's not part of our natural personality stride, but sure. we have to, as leaders and as team members, stretch ourselves continually, not just in how many did you put on target and not just in how fast was your draw or what's the latest gear you had. This is a piece of that gear. It's how are you equipping yourself and you're equipping your brain to work with your team effectively so that you can make it less tiring and you can be more um, uh, maximizing the value each day. For sure. Do you want to go ahead and, and uh, close in prayer? Do you mind doing that? Sure. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity um, each and every week that we get to um, connect with folks all across this country who are protecting um, the folks that are, are in churches and houses of worship all across this country. It is not an easy job as we've talked about a little bit tonight. We've unpacked some of that and some of the areas that is not as easy and certainly the time we've covered, uh, but we appreciate the equipping that we get, the blessing and, and the calling that each of us have to serve in this capacity. We know it's not easy, but you know what? We, we know that Lord, you can make that, that yoke and our burden light. So we ask you to continue to bless us in that capacity, continue to equip us in the role that we are called to do and that we can step forward as better leaders, as better people and team members and get to know our team members and fellow folks on, on, on each and every team so that we can engage better, we can encourage better and ultimately as a result, be more effective. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks again so much for, for hanging with us tonight. And again, check out uh, for more resources, feel free to check out churchsafetyguys.com. And uh, for information on the conference October 2nd in Columbus, Ohio, uh, you can get information on our website and then also uh, purchase tickets through that. Um, there are still some tickets available. It is limited. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out and, uh, and get yours today. We'd love, Mike and I will be there. We'd love to meet you. And uh, we're still trying to get Paul and his schedule <laughs> cooperating. Um, but uh, next week, we will actually have uh, a friend of mine from college, uh, Dan Ehrman, uh, will be on to join us. And, and uh, he's, Dan's a great guy. He and his family uh, design and build churches uh, in the Chicago area. And so he has a ton of experience with uh, church building. And so I kind of tapped into him because one of the topics that we haven't talked about is facility safety. We've talked about facility assessments and, and how to look at it. But um, I kind of picked Dan's brain a little bit about coming on and talking to us about how to, if you're a new construct or if you're looking at moving to a new facility, what are some things to look for? Um, to make your church safe before you move and to do proactive instead of reactive. And we have folks all the time that are like, hey, we just got this building and, 
yep. you know, five years later, oh, we're going to go back and put cameras in it. Well, that would have been easier. We know that would have been easier several years ago. But um, Dan's Dan's a great guy. He's got a radio program out of Chicago himself, and so he was gracious enough to, to join us. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, again, through the week, uh, have a great week. If we can be of any assistance to you guys uh, from the standpoint of, of church safety or if you want to reach out to us, please do so through the website or, or through Facebook and social media, and we will uh, we'll do our best to, to help you where we can. So until next week, have a great night. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs> Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. Looking for ways you can help us reach more churches? Share our broadcast with your teams. Consider becoming a monthly ministry partner. Like and share our page and join the discussion in our Facebook groups. Visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com for other great resources. Remember to keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.